Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome and welcome back. I hope that you are enjoying your day. We are here for a Sabbath lesson. Now, before I get into the Sabbath lesson, I just want to say this. I'm still recovering. I am still recovering. I'm not going to say nothing out of my mouth that's going to cause me harm because, you know, things that your mouth say, you know what happens so I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that I am healing. In the name of Yahushua Hamashiach. No weapon form against me shall prosper. Okay. By the stripes of Yahshua. So um, every day I feel better. That's what I'll say. And um, I want to say this. While I was in First Kings... I wasn't sure if I was going to read out Second Kings or just cliff note it. I had to do some real serious thinking. Um, and what I came up with is it's best for me to just read it out simply because I need you guys to know what the kings did. Now, when we get to Chronicles, I'm not sure what I'm going to do because um, they go hand in hand. I may cliff note some and then I just may read it out. I don't know. We're going to find out when we get there simply because um, I need everybody who's listening. I need them to understand what this history book is about. I don't. I want to be able to shatter the myth of what you was taught in church. Because a lot of times I know in church, because I've been in church too, even in Bible study, they don't teach any of this stuff. They don't teach that the Old Testament is a scripture. I mean, excuse me, the Old Testament, which are the scriptures, is a history book of a particular people. They, don't, they teach all kinds of stuff, but not the truth. And even if they taught some truth, it's not the whole truth. So what is a little bit of truth? A lie. Because if you're telling a story and it got a little tiny truth in it and the rest of the story is something else, then it's a lie. So I'm trying to read word for word to get you to understand what is. Not only that, but every teaching that I do, I want you to be able to understand really about this book or um, be able to um 
know the truth about it as much as I can. I already told you before, I don't know everything. Um, I only know what I'm receiving from the word of the most high and I'm giving you what I got. So I do the best that I can. Um, I come as humble as I can. It just is what it is. I don't know what else to say to you. Um, so with that, I'm going to say, I'm going to read out second Kings and, um, when we get the Chronicles, before I get the Chronicles, I'll let you know, or probably the day I get the Chronicles, I'll let you know whether I'm going to cliff note it. The Chronicles are just the actions of what the Kings did. So I'm telling you pretty much the meat of what the Kings did, but I'm not giving you every nuance of what they did. The nuances are in, um, Chronicles. I probably will just cliff note it because even when I cliff note, I still give you the best parts of it. So um, I probably will, um, but we'll just see how it goes. Um, oh, where's my glasses? Oh, I'm, I went back to um, <laughs> the Amplified, even though the writing is small. I've been looking for an Amplified uh, Bible with large print um, simply because I wear reading glasses and I can't see. So um, I do have a Bible that's a King James with really large print. But the thing is, then thou, it trips me up. Um, I can't stand it. Uh, so I rather do and struggle with the small print that is the Amplified than the... Um, the King James with the big writing. Even the Sifa, I could do the Sifa too, but that also has small writing and there's still D and Dow. The problem is, it's always going to be a problem because this D and Dow, all this old English is confusing. That's number one. And then um, still uh, the Sifa is even written in old English, but it gives you more of the original names and places. That's why. That's why that's good that's why it's good to have a amplify and a um king james and a sifa if you can because this way you'll have uh you'll be able to get what is said because you know uh words are switched uh the sifa the original sifas were not written in english so who knows what they put in it who knows so that's why it's good to have different books so that you can compare and contrast with that being said I'm just gonna move on because you know I feel like I'm getting too chatty <laughs> um I'm not gonna discuss last week's lessons if you need last week's lessons because I feel like I'm just repeating the lessons from last week so I'm not gonna I'm trying not to do that anymore I'm just going to move forward. And then, you know, once I'm reading it, if I need to refresh your mind about something, then I will. But I'm just going to move forward. Uh, we are in Second Kings. And there's, um, hold on. There's eight outlines in it. So it's, we're going to be eight weeks in Second Kings. And just like always, when I start a new book, I upload a book that is being read by somebody just straight through. Um, I read it because I need to tell you the commentary and some history um, in the background. 
So that's what I want you to know, because there's a lot of people that, you know, there's a lot of people that go to church and certain things are said in church, especially about Ahab and Isabel, what they call Jezebel. You know, there wasn't no J's 500 plus years ago, but they'll say stuff about, um, oh, you're a Jezebel and this and that. I just need you to understand exactly what Jezebel did, even though her name is Isabel. Um, the first thing people say is that she was a harlot and all that. I'm not saying she's not. But I would say more manipulative and more of a Bonnie to the Clyde that is um, Ahab. So they was both bad. They just complimented each other in being wicked to the larger part of the children of Israel. Remember, this part of um, the kingdom has split. There's ten and a half tribes that is Israel that are at um, Samaria, the place. And then there's um, one and a half tribe, which is Yahuda and a part of Benjamin, where um, Yahuda is. So this it's going to be an interchange like we did last week. Well, it's going to be an interchange. Um, Jehoshaphat um, is the king of the one and a half tribes. And um, Ahab is the king of the ten and a half tribes. So I I want you to know that and I need you to understand that. Because when they start saying different words, a lot of times when they say Samaria um, and they say, um, what did they say? Um, I forgot these different lands. They'll say different lands. But it's just lands that they're living in. Remember, they seized a lot of property early on, but now they're fighting for the property to keep it because these other nations are fighting them for it simply because of insubordination. The most I say, if you listen to me, you're going to have peace. Okay, remember I did um, uh, repentance brings peace. The lesson that I did on Wednesday, you understand the most I said, I need you to repent, mean change your mind and and choose me. So that I could give you peace. And peace means uh, peace with your enemies, peace among uh, the nation within itself, peace in the land, peace with everything. That's what it means. But what are the kings doing? They ain't doing it with the most high said. They not listening to his Lord's statute, precepts, and commands, so they don't have peace in any way. This is why um, these other heathen nations is fighting um both kingdoms that's supposed to be one as you know they both split like i said who, who on earth splits a kingdom up that's supposed to be all one nation you see the stuff that the children of israel are doing and you don't think that the most high is so exhausted by the nonsense of it all that's why he said he's gonna weed out the rebels anyway let us move forward now let me give you the highlights of what's going on we are on 1 Kings chapter 1, and um, I'm sorry, I'm saying 1 Kings, sorry, 2 Kings, sorry. 2 <laughs> Kings 1 and 1, Moab rebels 2 through 4, Azekiah sending to Baal-zebub half his judgment by Elijah. 5 through 12, Elijah twice brings fire from heaven upon them whom Isaiah, Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah sent 
to apprehend him. Um, I don't know what I called him um, in in verses two to four, but is Isaiah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 13 through 16, he pities the third captain and encourages by an angel, tells the king of his death. Um, 17 and 18, Jehoram succeeds Isaiah. Isaiah. As high, am I pronouncing that correctly? Ahaziah. Ahaziah. It's Ahaziah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate when I get tripped up by these names. Ahaziah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Ahaziah's messengers meet Elijah. I may not be pronouncing his name right, but if I'm not, you'll hear it in the reading. <laughs> uh, now, Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Now, remember last week, Ahab died because the Most High said, I'm going to kill off your line. That's what he said, and that's what he did. Okay, you already know the Most High's word does not fall down void. Anyway. Ahaziah, the king of Yasharel, fell through the lattice grid in his upper chamber, which was in Samaria, and became sick from the injury. So he fell, and um, I guess he had a really severe injury, and um, it was getting probably septus or whatever, and it was probably killing him. So he sent messages saying to them, go inquire of, listen to what is getting ready to be said. Now, let me just give you a um, reminder of what these kings are doing. I need to give you a reminder. A part of the um, insubordination, which means I'm ignoring what the laws are. Insubordination is not listening. And just doing whatever you want to. That's when I keep saying insubordination. That means not listening, not adhering to what the laws are. The Most High wants everybody to abide by the law, statutes, precepts, and commands. When you don't do that, you are transgressing. Because turning away from a law means doing what you want to do. And what is the wages of sin? Because transgressing of the law is sin. So what is the wages? What you're going to be paid in? Death. So we see that the kings was paid in death, not all of them, but we know that all the kings sin, but because um, a lot of them like Asa, um, David, Solomon abide by the laws for the most part, not 100%, the most high was able to gauge whether he's going to bless them or not. I already told you about the laws. The laws did not make anybody perfect, but it is a gauge for the most high to punish you while you're here and still forgive you or wipe you out and you ain't going to the next life. That's what it's about. So um, we see that um, Ahiza, uh, I can't pronounce this dear one name because I'm just saying all kinds of stuff. Ahaziah is the king, okay? And what he's getting ready to do is 
pray to an idol. And I'm going to say this. The idolatry is serious. If anybody uh, went to the platform library and they pulled up the Testament of Solomon, I need everybody to pull up the Testament of Solomon and just listen to it simply because Solomon was given power over the devils and he had a ring that subdued them and he got them to do whatever he wanted to. And the most high allowed that the most high gave him a special ring to uh, have power over devils. Some people call them um, demons, but it's not really demons. It's devils. So one a lot of times these devils slash demons hide in idols. They hide in idols and their spirit, they could go anywhere. They could be anything because their spirit, this is why they can, um, if you go to the book of um, Enoch and I uploaded that and I always talk about it too. The most high said, why? Uh, because fallen angels have sex with women. I'm telling you, some people walking around today got that DNA blood. They still got it. Because they had sex with women, they created abominations. Uh, they created something that was flesh and spirit with no soul. So they took it upon themselves to create something. And the most high let it happen. You know why? Because the wages of sin is death. The most high gonna let you hang yourself. And that's exactly what he did with the angels and human women. So I say this to say, when the most high got rid of those giants, because that's what they became, an abomination. I'm gonna tell you this. And I probably said this before, but I'm gonna say it again. You know why the giants were so big? And they just called them, they called them Nephilim because that's the Hebrew word. But you know why they were so big? Because spirits are big. And I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. You in human form can never be exactly who you are. Remember, I said you need to know who you are and who you belong to. You will never be the whole amount of who you are in a human body. I'm going to say it again. I'm getting ready to speak mysteries to you. Because spirits are huge. Spirits are not little. You are in a human body. I would say the average person, the average human being, and I'm not saying um, uh, irregular uh, people, meaning somebody who's not typical. I'm saying the typical human being, the tallest they are, just the typical human being, I would say shack side, maybe seven feet. So there, there are people that's walking around this earth that have been seven feet and nine feet, but I'm talking about the average person, maybe six, one, six, six, something like that. Maybe it's average, maybe it's not. Look at the basketball players, but I will say this. The average person is small, but if there's no buffer in between the spirit and the flesh, which the most high has to give you, if there's no buffer, everything gonna be out of whack. And I'm, I'm gonna break it down even easier for you to understand. Remember, the angels with straight up spirit. They ain't have no flesh. Can they inhabit flesh? Yes. As a matter of fact, that's what happened. How they start getting with the women. Anyway, and there's a book about that, but I'm, I'm explaining something else because I'm getting ready to read this passage to you and I need you to understand what it means. So the angels who are spirit and the fleshly women, 
who didn't know who they was, by the way. And I'm going to say this too. Remember, Cain had a whole line before the deluge, which is the flood. Cain had his whole lineage living there. Cain's lineage was there. His sister's lineage and all of that. Remember, Adam and Eve has about 17, 18 kids. They didn't just have... Um, uh, they didn't just have Cain and his sister Abel and his sister twins and then Seth. They didn't just have them. They had a bunch of kids. Why didn't the Bible say anything about that? Especially the regular Bible that you open up. If you go to the um, if you go to the uh, book of Yeshia, it, it explains that. If you go to the book of Adam and Eve and the Cave of Treasures, it'll explain that. If you go to let me see if there's another one. Um, if you go to the book of Jubilees, it explains that they're all up listed on my platform library now how did we know there was other kids because there was a population before the flood okay um unfortunately this bible's not gonna tell you that there was other kids this is why everybody got questions and people are taking this and running with it people who are not the children of israel is taking this bible and running with it and teaching people lies. Is the Bible tampered with? Yes, it's not even complete. This regular Bible is not complete. And there could have been any number of things going on. And I'm not here to sit up here and explain to you the possibilities of how it got that way. That's not what I'm going to do because then it's going to turn into something else. But the point that I'm trying to make is when the angels and the humans had the babies, they had abominations. The most high did away with their bodies. So now that they don't have bodies, remember, they was flesh and they was spirit. So if you do away with a body, what do you have? Spirit, right? The reason why the, um, the angel, I mean, the uh, fallen angels spawn, okay, that became Nephilim, a.k.a. giants, is because the spirit is huge, gigantic, gargantuan. That's how big it is. And I'm, I'm going to give you... An example, in the scriptures in Revelation, it says that one of the angels is standing in the sun and then one's, uh, one foot is standing in the sun, one's on earth. How big would that be? The sun is the sun and three planets over is earth and uh, angels stepping on it. I, I need you to wrap your head around what's being said. Why am I saying this? Because 1% or less than 1% of your actual being, who is spirit, having a carnal experience on earth is huge. If the Most High said that you was made in his image, the Most High is big. He said he is the father of spirits. He said he is, a, um, what is he, an everlasting father? He, I'm excuse me, fire. He is a, um, he is, um, I'm trying to grab things, but the Alpha and Omega, he's everywhere, omnipresent everywhere. That's how huge he is. I say that to say, if you made in his image, wouldn't you be the same way? Wouldn't you be the same way? So your spirit, your true um, essence, the true essence of who you are is spirit, just as big as the angels are. And how do I know that? The scriptures say it, the Bible, the shepherd of Hermas says it, um, um, the book of Enoch, all of that. It's not saying it the way I'm saying it, but let he who has an ear hear what the Ruach is saying. Once you 
understand and you follow the word of the most high and you in the will of the most high, you're going to get all kinds of blessings. You're going to get all kinds of knowledge. I'll tell you this. I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of meditating, but there's no way in the world I can do as much to uh, as much as I'm telling you in regards to spirits, how big they are, the dimensions, um, uh, all kinds of all that stuff. The Ruach gives you that. The Ruach gives you the truth. He may not give me the same truth that he give you. He may be teaching you something else that you should be telling or sharing or proclaiming. But I'm giving you what I come to understand. And what I'm saying is when the Most High took that flesh away from those giants, all that was left was spirit. So the Most High also cursed the spirits and said they was going to antagonize you. They're going to plague you. They're going to possess you. All of that for for um, for the abomination between the humans and the, and the angels. That's what he said. It never went nowhere. Now I say that to say what I'm getting ready to read now. So I'm going to start at, um, I'm going to start at two again, and then I'm going to uh, move forward and explain to you what it means. Okay. Ahaziah, the king of Israel, fell through the lattice grid in his chamber, which was in Samaria. And became sick from an injury. So he sent messengers saying to them, he sent some messages and he's instructing them to go inquire of Beelzebub. Who's Beelzebub? Or Beelzebub. He's a devil. That's what he is. Beelzebub's a devil. But they made an idol of him and they worship in this idol and Beelzebub is in the idol. Now I'm going to say this. Beelzebub is a spirit. It's a huge fallen angel. That's what it is. It's a huge fallen angel that inhabits an idol and it is manipulating humans. And human beings who um, practice idolatry, this is why it's one of the laws and um, commands not to do because you have no idea what you're doing. Just like Adam gave his power away to the ultimate fallen angel. When he gave his power away to the ultimate fallen angel, what happened? Every uh, abomination came into the world and now it's plaguing. And each abomination um, brings forth another abomination. And this is why stuff is happening today. It's important to understand that these devils never went anywhere, even to today, they never went anywhere. So right now, Ahaziah is telling his servants to go and pray to this thing so that he could be um, well. Now, I don't know, and I got to look, because I can't remember, whether I uploaded the apocalypse of um what is it i gotta think of it now hold on the apocalypse of um that begins with a b um 
I'm gonna remember it in a minute and I'll tell you. But uh, Barnabas, I believe it's Barnabas. The Apocalypse of Barnabas, or if I'm not saying it right, is, um, hold on, I'm gonna, I gotta tell you now. I gotta tell you what it is because now I can't remember. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you right now what it is because it's important to know. That's why I need you to know it. Um, Checking my iPod, and I'm going to tell you what it was. It is the Apocalypse of Bartholomew. I think I uploaded it. But if I didn't, I probably will at some point. I like to explain exactly what the book's about instead of just you listening to it. Because if you did, you you don't know what you're listening to. You may catch some things, but I need you to know some background about it. I may even upload some, because there's some people that's reading it that gives you the background before they read it. It's just good to know and understand what you're listening to without just listening to stuff because then you're gonna have questions you don't know where's what's coming from where what what the point is but um the book of excuse me <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the book of bartholomew is very important and there's two books there's the book of Bartholomew, which is the questions. And then there's the apocalypse of Bartholomew because he is one of the um, apostles that traveled through Asia and he got killed. And when we start going into the New Testament, I'll start giving you information about that because it's important. All right. So Beelzebub, if anybody knows who's that, who that is, he's a devil. Okay, they say that he's the devil that keeps hell and not the regular devils, Lucifer, a.k.a. Santaniel. There's different devils that do different things. I did do a lesson on um, the spiritual realm. I don't know whether I took it off or not because it was a raw lesson. But if I did take it off, I probably will upload it again because it's important to know. There is, um, there's a multitude of devils just like there's a multitude of uh angels and a multitude of people who ever been on the face of this earth so for every person that ever been on the face of the earth ever there was an angel for mm -hmm. so that's what you need to know and we as human beings we are spirits that's why i always say you got to know who you are and who you belong to we are spirits having a carnal fleshly experience on earth and we go back where we came from that's why i said you got to know who you are because once you know who you are you have an idea of what's going on because a lot of this stuff sounds very sensational but you got to think about yourself you are pretty sensational yourself you are a tripart being just like yeshua nobody else is like that that's what I'm saying, not the animals, not even the fallen angels that came. Angels are just spirit. The fallen angels, like I said, was spirit. Humans was flesh, wrapped, uh, wrapped up flesh, a soul, which is the consciousness, a spirit that animates them, 
that was blown into the first human and a flesh on a physical realm called earth you are a soul which is a conscious that is so intertwined with the spirit and if you didn't have your body you would go back into your original uh i would just say self because i don't even know what to call it and you would be huge because that's how the creator is the creator was huge Yeshua in his real form is huge, bigger than all the rest of the people. And you could go to the shepherd of Hermas and know that. I say that to say only 1% of your true being is walking in the flesh of humans. That's what I want you to know. That's why I need you to know who you truly are and who you belong to. I need you to know that. Even those people with the DNA that's not fully human, them too. So I need you to know that. So this uh, this king wants his servants to consult with a devil to see if he's going to be all right. Now, in the book of the Apocalypse of Bartholomew, the uh, Bartholomew is casting out the devils in the um, the idols. And before he cast out those devils in the idols, the devils confess to him and say, yeah, we get humans to um, to sacrifice to us, meaning human sacrifices or any sacrifice um, containing blood. And we trick them into thinking that they healed, but they get even sicker and we could kill them. That's what the, um, that's what the devils are telling. Um, they confess into Bartholomew. Uh-huh. I say that to say this king is consulting with the devils that's, that can really harm him and that's what i need you to know now i'm gonna move forward so i'm gonna say he sent his messages saying to them go and acquire of beos above the god of ekron now let me see where ekron is i don't even know where ekron is i guess i will say Ekron is one of the five major Philistine cities located in the north. Now, you already know that the Philistines are the direct descendants from the fallen angels. The Philistines. Remember um, David and David and Goliath. David uh, was the king, but before he was the king, he was like a, a uh, what do they call him? He was under the wing of Shaul, but he's the one who struck down the uh the um giant that was um goliath so they went and consult with a heathen idol to see if this king was going to be all right so what did he do what did he do to the most high he smacked the most high in the face the most high gave him a blessing of being the king over um israel and what does he do smack the most high in the face and go to an idol and an idol and bow down to the idol i'm gonna tell you the magnitude of this too the most high made everything that was made that's the scripture everything that was made the most high made whether it was good or bad for his purposes remember he's the great potter and he even made evil for his own purposes why this is the scripture he made evil for his for his own purposes to get rid of and rebuke who he needed to rebuke because you don't want the most high to rebuke you directly. That's what you don't want. <laughs> so he uses, it's kind of like um, a checkers or a chess. I'm going to use this to get rid of that. That's how the most high did, uh, did it and does it. 
And that's how it's going to carry out. And the most high don't forget nothing, nothing. I don't care what you did in the lowest part of your bunker with no lights on anywhere. Anyway, you do it in the lowest part, in the quietest part, in the remote part, the most high sitting there watching you. It's kind of like an ant farm. Somebody's looking at the ant farm. The ant can't go nowhere and believe that he's by himself without you watching. That's what I need you to keep inside your head because there's no way you could go from the most high. Even David said it. If I go to hell, you right there. Anywhere. So this is what this king is doing. And I'm going to tell you what's going on. So he said, go and inquire of Beelzebub, the devil, that's in an idol, the god of Ekron, which is the Philistines, who are heathens, if I will recover from the sickness. So he's consulting. Instead of praying to the most high, he's going to go to the devils. But the angel of the most high said, I told you he's watching everything. The angel of the most high said, to Elijah, arise and go up and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria. Now, remember, these are the children of Israel, but they live in the land of Samaria. So that's what I need you to understand. Just like me, I live in New York. I'm a New Yorker. But what am I in a DNA cellular level? A child of Israel. So I could live wherever and still be whatever. But I, on a cellular level, this is who I am. The true person of who I am that's what you need to understand so um the most high sent the angel and the angel went to Elijah and said arise and go up and meet the messengers that's supposed to go see Beelzebub of the king of Samaria and say to them it is because there is no most high in Yasharel that you are going to inquire to Beelzebub the god of Ekron the nonsense of it all the nonsense of it all and it's nonsense it's straight up nonsense you see that all the blessings and i have to say this all the blessings that we have from the most high what do we do nine times out of ten what do we do nine times out of ten go consult with somebody else go, go be afraid of something that we shouldn't be afraid of we turn around and we do the worst things and we have no idea what we're doing to the most high it's the saddest thing and then we all wonder why we go through ups and downs and the bullcrap we go through you gotta understand that you gotta understand the root of all of this anyway therefore this is what the most high says you a high uh oh gosh king <laughs> He's saying to the king, you will not leave the bed on which you will die, but you will certainly die. So Elijah departed. So he sent Elijah to go tell that king that you're going to die. Why? Because you practiced idolatry in my face when I gave you a blessing of being a king. Yep. So when the messengers returned, the king said to them, why have you returned so soon? And they replied, a man came, who is um, Elijah? A man came up to meet us and said to us, go return to the king who sent you and tell him, thus saith the most high. It is because there's no 
Israel in Israel that you send and inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron. So this is what he's basically saying in a nutshell. So you pushing me over to the side and you going to practice idolatry with this uh, with this devil. So there's no L that you could go and pray to, but you're going to go and pray to this devil. So since you're going to pray to this devil, guess what? I'm going to give you to the devil. And what is the devil's primary job to a humans? To kill them. To damn their souls because they don't like you. The devil and his fallen angels never liked flesh. They never liked flesh. Understand that, know that. And they're they going to do anything they need to to take you down. Now, you might like whatever fleshly thing they told you to do for the moment. But are you really willing to give up your whole eternal soul for a moment of pleasure? You got to ask yourself that. So I'm going to keep going. So they said, uh, the messages came back and told the king what Elijah said. And then he said, therefore, you will not leave the bed on which you lie and you're going to certainly die. The king asked them, what was the appearance of the minion? <laughs> who came up to meet you? And they answered him. He was a hairy man. Oh my. With a wide leather band bound around his loins. And guess what? The king knew exactly who he was. Now, when they say hairy, they don't mean hairy in the hair all over his body. They mean probably a big old Afro or bushy, bushy Afro with bushy face hair. Remember, this is in the east. Okay, hold on. Let me look here. I'm reading this um, stuff down at the bottom. So, oh, okay. And it says this. Although you know he might have this bushy um, fro in on his face and um, he might have the bushy fro on his face and he might have a beard and mustache this is what it says too it says uh, most likely the reference to Elijah's hairy outer garment was made of goat or sheep or camel skin so it had uh there's hair on the skin of that animal so that's probably what he had on um in addition to his um hairy head okay then the king sent Elijah, a captain of 50, listen to what the king did, because they're trying to kill Elijah for um, the message that he sent from the Most High. So they're trying to kill the messenger. You know that um, saying, don't kill the messenger. A lot of times people kill the messenger when the messenger ain't doing nothing but delivering the message. That's all he's doing is having a relay race. The original person gives the message and you... Um, dictate the message to the person you need to go to you ain't nothing but the goal between and they want to kill you not being able to kill the person who actually sent the message so then the king sent elijah a captain of 50 with his 50 fighting men to seize elijah and he went up to him and behold elijah was sitting on top of a hill and the captain said to elijah man of the most high the king says come down so he got a hundred men trying to seize Elijah. Elijah reply, replied to the captain. Hold on. I need another pen. 
Elijah um, said to the captain, listen to what I'm going to break it down after I say what it is. Um, the captain of 50. So if I am the man of the most high, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 fighting men. <laughs> I gotta laugh. <laughs> I gotta laugh. Why? Because Elijah was powerful. The minute he said that, guess what happened? Fire fell from heaven and consumed the 50 men. Talk about power. The most high, I'm going to tell you, you walking in the ways of the most high, hunty, bunty, you're going to have power and authority. And that's exactly what Elijah had. Uh-huh. Elijah was doing something. So what did Elijah do when he was living? He brought somebody back from the dead. He made the rain stop for three years. He um he challenged those people who was idolatrous in front of the whole congregation. And the Most High uh, manifested a miracle in front of everybody, okay, to get them to turn from their wicked ways. And now he's uh, calling fire down to consume these um, fighting men that's trying to get him. Tell me that's not power. Tell me that's not power, okay? And remember, Elijah never died. And we didn't get to that yet, but I'm just telling you. Okay, so the king again sent another 50 men with the captain and these people was trying to get him they said again man of the most high thus said the king come down quickly you know that ain't gonna happen elijah answered again and said if i am the man of the most high let fire come down from the heavens and consume all y'all and what the fire came down again and consumed all them uh the men that came for him. Uh -huh. So the king again sent a captain of the third part of 50. And the third captain went up and bowed down. This time he bowed down. Now this, this, this captain here said, oh no, I'm not going to fall for that. I'm not going to fall for the okie doke. Oh no, I'm coming. I'm coming with the most respect. I'm coming with respect. Okay, I'm gonna come down with respect because I know this man is the most high's uh prophet. Oh no, I am not coming down there to fight with this man that's consuming people with fire. He calling fire down. See, people that they wasn't. I'm gonna tell you how. I, it's so much stuff to say. I'm gonna tell you how audacious people could be. In the book of um revelation it says when the most high finally comes down here the last time to tear people up the last nation that he saved for last that he gonna tear up because notice that every nation that ever did evil something happened to them but notice there's some nations that nothing never happened to them what do you think the most high gonna do to them when you sin the payment for your sin is always going to be death. Not unless you following certain laws, statutes, precepts, and commands, and the most high is gauging you. That's how important that is. I'm going to say this. After those two, um, those two regiments went up there to think that they could seize Elijah, the man of the most high, 
the major prophet, the one who was doing all kinds of miracles, somebody with a humble heart finally came and said, I, I do not want to fall to the same fate. So this is what he said. The third captain of 50 went up and bowed down his knees before Elijah and begged him for compassion and said to him, see, somebody got some sense. Oh yeah, honey. Because in the last days, these heathens, even though they know they're going to be consumed by the most high, who is Yeshua in the flesh, they ain't going to be killed by him. They still going to move forward and believe the devil. And they're going to get exactly what they deserve. Oh, yes, honey. Those people that think they're bigger than the most high, keep on going because you're going to set yourself up for death. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's only going to be your own fault. It ain't going to be the most high's fault because the most high already sent his word, which you're supposed to do. And that's for everybody. Because he was, when he came down here the first time, he was the light to the Gentiles. And he told, he sent his people down here to direct you. Is anybody listening? No. So back to what I was going to say. Oh, man of the most highs, please let my life and the lives of your servants, those 50 men. Uh-huh. He's asking um, Elijah, humbly be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from heaven and concern and consumed the first two captains. Uh-huh, this captain knows of 50 and their 50s. But now let my life be precious in your sight. He's begging Elijah humbly. And an angel of the most high said to Elijah, go down with him and don't be afraid of him. Uh-huh. Because he showed you some respect. Remember, the most high, the most high got this on lock. He got this whole world on lock. He made the world. He made um Yahshua came from him and we came from Yahshua. So if Yahshua made everything, is he not over everything? Is he not ruler over everything? And I mean everything. Even the devil said Yahshua made him. Even the devil said it. And that's in the book of Bartholomew. Even the devil said it. So if the most high is the end all and be all, the alpha and omega, the father of lights, the father of spirits and ever consuming fire, if he's all that, who is going to bypass him? Who is going to take his children? Who is going to be him? Nobody. That's what you got to keep in the forefront of your mind, on the side of your mind, at the end of your mind. Let it consume your mind. Let it consume your thoughts. That's what. Because if that is in the forefront of your mind, nothing else could get in there that will say anything um, in um, an opposite direction of what is said here. The most high is the end all and be all. And nobody else is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how it presents itself. I don't care how you feel when you see it. The most high is the end all and be all. Okay. The Alpha and Omega. He gonna get the last laugh. He was here first and he gonna be here before you leave and after you leave. Always. So that's what we need to remember. So now the angel's telling um, Elijah, go down with him and don't be afraid. So Elijah stood up and went down to the king and Elijah said to the king, you know, I ain't saying the king's name. <laughs> Thus saith the Most High, since you have sent messages to inquire about Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, it is because there is no L, I already told you. 
you going to somebody else because you don't believe and trust the word of the most high when he's the one who put you in power? That's a slap in the face. That is a slap in the face. Therefore, you will not leave that bed in which you lie and you're going to die. And that's exactly what he said. That's the word. That's the messenger. Elijah is the messenger of the word of the most high. And he said, you ain't going to move the bed. You ain't going to move from the bed. And the minute the most high said that, he ain't going to be able to move from the bed. Because what the most high says is, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So the king died. And he was the son of Ahab. Remember, the Most High told Ahab, your people going to die anyway for you being wicked. Mm -hmm. In accordance with the word of the Most High in which Elijah had spoken. And because he had no son, Jehoram, his younger brother, became the king of Israel, the northern kingdom. Because you already know the southern kingdom is Yahudah. Jehoshaphat is the king of that. In the place, in the second year of Joram, the son of Jehoshaphat, oh, there it is. Who's the king of the southern kingdom? Now, the rest of the acts of Aziah, Aziah, or whatever his name is. Which he did, are they not written in the book um in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Yasharel? So you already know what he did. He consulted with devils. So that's why the most I said, Oh no, we're not gonna have this. You're not gonna slap me in my face. I'm gonna put you on high over the people to reside over them, and then you're gonna turn around and smack me in my face with this nonsense. Oh no, you're going down. So now we're on the highlights of um, chapter two and um, verses one through eight is Elijah taking his leave of Elisha, which is um, mantle divides Jordan, which his mantle divides Jordan um, verses nine through 11 and granting Elisha his request is taken up by a fiery chariot into heaven. 12 through 15, Elisha dividing Jordan with Elijah's mantle is acknowledged his successor 16 through 18 the young prophets hardly obtaining lead to seek elijah can i find him uh 19 through 22 alicia with salt heels and unwholesome waters 23 through 25 bears destroy the children that mock alicia oh yeah we're gonna talk about that now we in chapter two now Elijah is taken up to heaven now we're going to talk about this I don't want to talk a lot about it but I'm, I'm going to talk about it when the most high was about to take remember he never died because he's one of the olive branches and we'll talk about that later on and I'll always be talking about that especially when we go into certain books and what's going to happen in the end times because he's a very integral part of the end times that's what Elijah is. As a matter of fact, I already said when I did the lesson that Elijah, his soul was put into Yachanan, the Immersa, the brother, I'm sorry, the cousin of Yeshua. There was a pro prophecy that somebody was supposed to um, uh, make way for um, the Mashiach. And it was Yachanan, who's the cousin of Yahusha, who was 
his spirit was Elijah. Uh-huh. I told you, this stuff is sensational, baby. People can't believe this. This is why the heathens don't believe it. They don't believe these books at all. Because they're heathens. And this book ain't theirs. That's why. Back to what I was saying. Chapter 2, when the Most High was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Alicia, who um, Elijah went to go get, and Alicia said, let me say bye to my family so I could go with you. They were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Alicia, stay here, for the Most High has sent me to Bethel. But Alicia replied, as the Most High lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. So he was sticking to him like glue. Okay. Alicia was sticking to Elijah like glue. Elijah was a major prophet and Elijah was his protege. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came to Elisha and they said to him, do you know that the most high will take your master away today? You see how all the prophets knew? Because they heard directly from the Most High. That's how important they were. And he said, yes, I know it. Be quiet about it. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here for the Most High has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Most High lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Most High will take your master away from you? So everybody in those areas knew. And he said, yes, I know. So be quiet about it. Elijah said to him, please stay here for the Most High has sent me to Jordan, which is Jordan. But um, Elisha said, as the Most High lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Oh man, hold on. Oh, crap, my pen fell. Anyway. 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood opposite them to watch at a distance. So everybody's going to watch Elijah be taken up. Now, this reminds me of the book of Jessa when the Most High took Enoch and the rest of the people was walking with Enoch and they saw lights and all kinds of stuff and Enoch was taken up. They saw that. And then they stood and they waited for Enoch for a long time, but Enoch never came back. And there was snow and wind and all that stuff when Enoch was taken up, just like Elijah was. That's in the book of Jasper. It ain't in this Bible that the whole world is looking at and holding on to. Y'all need to understand um, the book of Jasper was um, mentioned several times in the Old Testament. So it does have validity. I already told you these scriptures, all of these ciphers, and I mean all of them because there's 66 
books in this one book that's called the Bible. And there was supposed to be hundreds of books. And we understand that and know that from the other books that I uploaded that the Most High is telling prophets to write 70, 80, 90, 100 books. So where is it that there's only 66 books? Who are you going to believe, the Most High or the devils that's teaching you? Let the Most High be the truth and every man who's listened to devils be a liar. Back to what I was saying. And Elijah took his mantle, which is his coat, and rolled it up and struck the waters and they divided. Wow. How many times did waters be divided uh, by the hands of the, uh, the children of Israel uh, that the Most High did? Several times. Not just one, not just that exodus. Uh-uh. The, these prophets struck them waters several times and uh, divided them. This is a this is like a, a, a everyday occurrence. Um, Yahshua did it in the book of Joshua. Yahshua, excuse me, he did it when they was crossing the Jordan um, or the Jordan. Elijah did it. Um, uh, Moses did it. Who else did it? I can't think off the top of my head, but it was done very frequently. They did it. Again, um, Elijah took his mantle, which is his coat, and rolled it up and struck the waters. And they were divided this way and that. So that the two of them, Elijah and Elijah, could cross over to um, to on dry ground. Ooh. And then they had crossed over. Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what you should listen. I need you to listen to this. I need you to listen to the magnitude of this. I need you to listen to this. I'm going to need you to listen. Hold on. Hold on a sec. Need my highlighter. Because mm -hmm, I'm reading straight out the, um, the book. I need to highlight that. So we know that Alicia and Elijah is traveling. And everybody knows, all the prophets know, that Elisha's going to be taken, uh, sorry, Elijah's going to be taken up. Everybody knows that. All the prophets know that. And as you notice, Elisha was like, well, don't tell nobody. Now, why was that? Number one, people wouldn't believe. And number two, they might get angry and be like, why is he going when I should go? Or try to stop him from going. Remember, nobody liked him because he was telling the truth and uh, tearing people up. So, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what you shall do. Ask what I shall do before I am taken from you. Meaning, ask me whatever you want from me. Because I'm getting ready to leave and go with the Most High. What do you want? That's what he said. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be on me. Is that what? Oh. Mm. Okay. What that means is everybody knew how powerful Elijah was because he was a major prophet. Everybody knew how powerful he was. What did Elisha, his protege, want? He wanted the power, a double portion of Elisha's power. Why? 
because he knew he was blessed from the most high. He wanted that blessing and he wanted to carry on that blessing, not for his selfish self, but he wanted it to let people know who the most high is. Okay, that's what he wanted. And listen to what uh, Elijah says to him. And this is a very humble answer. It's a very humble answer. And I like this answer. And I'm only a humble person would answer like that. I mean, you could tell a person by the things that they do and the way um, the way that they speak and the way that they act. You could tell a person. That's what the Most High says, who is Yeshua in the flesh. Your thoughts and your actions make you who you are. So when... Elijah asked Elisha, what do you want? And I'm going to give it to you before I'm taken from you because he's going with the most high. Elisha said he want a double portion. I want the power that you had. I want the prestige that you had so I could carry on your, um, your work here. That's what he wanted. And it's kind of like um, Solomon. When Solomon didn't ask for riches, he ain't asked to kill nobody. He ain't asked none of that. He just asked for the wisdom to be able to rule the kingdom humbly. Now, if that don't knock somebody off their feet in a world and a time of selfishness and self-centeredness and egotistical um, people and their wicked actions, that is very refreshing to hear. So Elijah said, you have asked for a difficult thing. However, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And I'm going to tell you what that means. It means that if the Most High allows you to see this miracle of me going up with him, then that means the Most High is granting you your request but if you can't see me going up with the most high by the angels coming to get me you can't have what you ask is that now powerful because um elijah know he can't give that he don't have the power to give that but he's asking the most high through his words if you can give this to alicia please give it to him not saying it to the most high but the way that he worded this to alicia that's giving the most high the cue I love that. As they continued along and talked, behold, a chariot of fire with horses of fire appeared suddenly and separated the two men, Alicia and Elijah. And then Elijah went up in a whirlwind. It's the same exact thing that happened with um, Enoch. The same exact thing happened with Enoch. I'm going to tell you this. There's some other people that didn't die either, but we ain't going to talk about that right now. All the people keep talking about is just uh, Elijah and Enoch, but there's some other people that didn't die either. And we have some cues because in these scriptures, it said there's some people that's going to be here when all this other stuff happened. And when um, Yeshua was crucified, those people who lived back then, some of them are still living today. It says that in the scriptures, not the way I'm saying it, but that's what it says. So we know that, um, and we know by the scriptures in the book of, um, in this book called the Bible, the 66 books, and in the book of um, Jasa, it discusses another person that never died. 
Uh-huh. They said he ain't had no beginning or no end. Now, who are we talking about? Melchizedek. That's what we talk about. Melchizedek didn't die either. Uh-huh. And we're going to do a lesson on Melchizedek. And I'm going to prove to you that he didn't die. Elijah saw it and cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Yasharel and its horsemen. And he no longer saw Elijah. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two in grief. He picked up uh, the coat of Elijah that fell off him and went back and stood at the bank by the Jordan, who is the Jordan. And he took the coat of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, where is the most high, the L of Elijah? And when he too had struck the waters, they divided by this way and that and Elijah crossed excuse me Elisha crossed over okay so he's exercising that power now but he's not sure that he has it all he's exercising it but he's not sure that he got all the power and he does he has a double portion just like he asked for uh-huh I told you the most I gonna give you what you want honey good or bad he gonna give you what you want Okay, it's up to you. And he's focused on doing the will of the most high that um, Elijah did. So Alicia's, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> oh, mm. Alicia succeeds Elijah then uh, when the sons of the prophets who were watching opposite at Jericho saw him they said the spirit of Elijah and they knew rest on Elisha and they came to meet him and bowed down to the ground before him in respect then they said to Elisha, behold, now there are among your servants, 50 strong men. Please let them go and search for your master. It may be that the spirit of the most high has taken him up and cast him on some mountain or into some valley. And he said, you shall not send anyone. Okay. But when they urged him until he was embarrassed to refuse them, he said, send him. If you notice, they ain't believe in nothing he said because they can't comprehend what happened to Elijah. They can't comprehend it. They know he was being taken up, but they didn't know where he went. The Most High took him for the end times. Uh-huh. That's what the Most High did. Because he is yet to come. Well, I'm not going to say he's yet to come down because he did come down as Yakananda Mercer. And then he'll be back down here to fight the um, one of the devils, which is the beast. Okay. When I say the devil, or I say the beast, it's the beast. It's the devil, the beast, and the false prophet. Okay. It's supposed to be a mockery of um, Yahshua. Anyway. Um. Uh, 
So they sent 50 men and they searched for three days, but they couldn't find Elijah. Go figure. He's up with the most high. They returned to Elisha while he was staying in Jericho and they said to him, did I not tell you? Do not go. That's Alicia said, don't go. Because he already knew where he was going. Everybody else um, was clueless. Then the men of the city said to Alicia, look, this city is in a pleasant place as my Lord Alicia sees, but the water is bad in the land and it's barren. What does that mean? <clears throat> Didn't I tell you that everything has a spirit? The water has a spirit, um, the trees, the plants. If it's barren, that means it don't have no life. Um, go to or look at, say, like when it rains and then it, it there's big pools of water that sit there. And then after a while, it sits there, just sits there, doesn't move. And then it starts getting gross and bugs start landing on it. That's what that is. That's lifeless water. Because even though it came as rain, it's not moving. There's no spirit in it. There's nothing in it. No life can sustain it. So bugs use it to hatch their bugs. And it just sits there. A lot of times, even if it's not fresh and it's real old, a lot of times even animals won't even drink it. So they're saying it's barren, but it's just lifeless. Uh, and the water's not good. It's not healthy for you either. So he said, bring me a, a new jar and put salt in it. This is what Alicia's saying, because he can really heal the waters. So they brought it to him. Then Alicia went to the spring of water and threw the salt in it and said, thus saith the most high. Okay. I, not the salt, have purified and healed these waters. There's no longer, there shall no longer be death or barrenness because of this. So he healed the waters, what he said. I'm healing these waters, not the soil, even though I'm putting the soil in it. I'm going to heal these waters. But what does the most high, who is Yeshua in the flesh, say to the children of Israel? What did he say to them? He said, they the soil of the earth, right? I did a lesson about the soil of the earth. Soil is powerful. And Alicia used it to heal the waters by the will and the power of the most high he used that salt to heal the waters so the waters have been purified by that little cup of salt to this day in accordance with the words spoken by Elisha and Elisha went up from Jericho to Bethel on the way uh, listen to this and on the way some young boys was, um, they came out of the city and they mocked him. That mean they was making fun of the major prophet. Now, I'm going to tell you how disrespectful that is. Kids are not supposed to be disrespectful to grownups. That's a part of the laws. Okay? Spare the ride and spoil the child. You're supposed to discipline the children. Even the most high said, I discipline my children. Sorry, I hit the thing to the ground. Even the most I said, I discipline my children. And if I don't, you a bastard. So these children need to be disciplined, honey. So that's exactly what Alicia going to do. So like I said, Alicia went up from Jericho to Bethel and on the way, young boys came out of the city and mocked him and said to him, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. Yeah. They was um, trying to disrespect him. 
you don't disrespect your elders. This is a old, old uh, law. You don't disrespect your elders. You don't do that. But what do we see today? What do we see today? These young people who don't know they behind from a hole in the wall is disrespecting their elders who only look out for them, by the way. Only protect them. Only pray for them. Because a lot of older people do pray for you. A lot of times these kids ain't here. Um, the only reason why they're here is because somebody prayed for them. But anyway, they was calling him bullhead and mocking him and doing all this to a major prophet. The disrespect of it all. And when Alicia turned around and looked at them, he cursed them in the name of the Most High. And what did I say? Can't nobody do you better than the Most High. Nobody. Oh, no. Nobody can tighten you up better than the Most High. Oh, yeah. He's going to get you straight. He's going to get you where you need to be. That's what the Most High is going to do. And this is exactly what happened. This is one of those examples. So Alicia turned around and looked at them and he cursed them children in the name of the Most High. Then two bears, two female bears came out of the woods and tore fit, uh, 42 boys to pieces. Uh -huh. They came up and they started tearing all those 42 kids to pieces. Elijah went from where he was to Mount Carmel and from there, he returned to Samaria. If you notice these um, names of these places, a lot of these names from the places in the Bible are names of different places and provinces and states and cities and other municipalities in the United States and abroad. Where they get these um, names from? <laughs> uh-huh. Now I'm on um, chapter three. And Second uh, Kings chapter 3, 1 through 3 is Jehoram's reign. 4 through 5 is Mesha's rebels. 6 through 20, Jehoram and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom being distressed for want of water and Elijah obtains water and promises of victory. Verses 21 through 25, the Moabites deceived by the color of the water coming to spoil or overcome verses 26 and 27 the king of moab falling in his attempt to break through to the king of edom sacrifices his son and raises the siege listen to the nonsense of these kings it's just nonsense the nonsense of it all so let me just get myself together here i got a small little desk that i'm reading from it is so small every time i move something something falls <laughs> but i can't get a bigger desk simply because my office is tight so these are the things i gotta work with to bring you these lessons people i'm telling you i do a lot and all you gotta do is listen like and share that's all you gotta do okay and learn and walk with the most high that's it Okay. All right. Jehoram meets Moab rebellion. Okay. Jehoram, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria, in the place of Samaria. I need people to know that because when the Most High says Samaria, he's talking about the place where his children are. 
So they are the children on a DNA level. I already told you, but they live in Samaria. That's the um, ten and a half tribes. Understand that, know that. And you need to understand that because the most high is just going to be saying stuff and people get kind of confused because, you know, they travel from places and they do um, certain things and people could get con confused. Okay. So I just want you to know that. It's still the children of Israel living there. All right. So I'm going to say it again. Um, the king came over to it. Uh, let me say it again. Jehoram, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, who reigned 12 years. Excuse me. And he did evil in the sight of the Most High, naturally, because you know these kings be acting just like the heathens. He did evil in the sight of the Most High, but not like his father and his mother. For he put away the sacred, it's supposed to be sacred, but it ain't sacred, the heathenistic pillar of Baal that his father made. Nevertheless, he continued in idolatrous behavior, okay, who made Israel sin. He did not, he did not depart from them. Misha, the king of Moab, or Mesha, I'm going to say Misha, but it's Mesha, the king of Moab was a sheep breeder, and he used to pay an annual tribute to the king of Israel, 100,000 lambs and 100,000 rams. But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel, who is Jehoram now. So the king, who is Jehoram, left Samaria at that time and assembled all the fighting men of Israel. You see how he used the men of Israel to do what he wanted to do? And he's a sinning, uh, sinning heathen. Then he went and sent word to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. You see how he want to get Judah? And Judah is only one of their tribes. Will you go with me and fight against Moab? And like I said, Moab is their distant cousins through Lot. But Moab did a lot of sinning. And the sinning started when the, uh, when the daughters had um, sex with their father. That's where it started. Anyway. And Jehoshaphat uh, replied, I will go. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. The bad thing is with that, even though they're your brethren, they're the ones who's sinning. Why are you uh, jumping and um, being mingled with that? Even though that's your brethren, I understand. But are you going to um, jump on the side of wrong? Even if it is your brethren, you got to rebuke people. You got to admonish them. That's what the Most High says. You admonish the ones that you love and respect. You don't, you know, the best, the worst thing somebody could do to you is leave you at your, um, leave you at your own devices. Bury a hole for yourself. Get in it and put some water, I mean, put some dirt over yourself and let nature take its course. So Jehoram said, which way shall we go up? Jehoshaphat answered, the way through the wilderness of Edom. Now, who's Edom? Edom is they um, distant cousins too. <laughs> I told you everybody's related. 
But some human beings look, that look like human beings on a DNA cellular level ain't really 100% human beings. I told you that. Anyway, they may look like me and you, but they ain't. So the king of Yashorel went up, who is Joram, to the king, with the king of Judah, and they went to Edom. Edom is their distant cousins. They made a circuit of seven days journey but they were there was no water to feed the army or the cattle that followed them why did they have cattle anyway uh then the most high i already know why so they could eat and whatever else i get it um then the king of yasharel said we are doomed for the most high has called these three kings to be handed over three kings to be handed over to moab and Jehoshaphat said, there is no prophet of the Most High here from whom we may inquire of the Most High. Isn't that important? So Jehoshaphat knows that you have to consult with a prophet who speaks directly to the Most High. At least Jehoshaphat has enough sense to know that. Uh-huh. He has enough sense to know that. One of the servants of the king of Yasharel answered, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who used to pour water over Elijah's hands. You see the most high places, people where they need to be at the time they need to be, at the year they need to be, at the decade they need to be, at the, uh, at the uh, millennial age they need to be. The most high is the master of creation. When you need to be there, how you need to be there, how you got there, how you got to leave, the most high, powerful, wonderful, great, gracious, merciful, all of that. So Jehoshaphat said, the word of the most high is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Edom, excuse me, and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to Elijah. Now Elijah said to the king of Israel, what business do you have with me? Go to the prophets of your wicked father Ahab and to the prophets of your pagan heathen mother Isabel but the king of Yasharel said to him no for the most high has called these three kings together to be handed over to Moab I'm going to tell you this you see how when people let me tell you something when people are idolatrous they know who the most high is they just choose to rebel against him you see how this king choose or chose to rebel against the most high he chose to do it knowing full well that the most high could heal all of this water put everybody to bow down at the king's feet all of that and they still did it and this is what i'm trying to tell you in the last days there's gonna be heathen nations that know that they know they ain't going to be able to beat Yahshua, yet they will still have the audacity to gird up their loins and get in their tanks and shoot their missiles 
knowing they're going well, they ain't gonna win. Yeah, this is how the devil is. This is what I call dumb criminals. The devil tells these criminals, even though it never works out for them, oh yeah, there's people that did it in the past, but you're gonna be different. You're gonna win. And it never happens. So these, these this king, what's his name? Uh, wait a minute. Mm. Jehoram, this king, who's ahead of the ten and a half tribes, he's a dumb criminal. I gotta call him that. Because he really believes that the most high gonna do something for him. And he turned and smacked the most high in the face. Okay, keep dreaming, sir. Alicia said, as the most high of heaven's armies live before whom I stand, there will not, sorry, the whom who was. Alicia said, as the Most High host, his heaven's army lives before whom I stand, were it not that I have guard for Jehoshaphat, the king of Yehuda, I will not look at nor see you, king of Israel. I don't know why I can't get it out of my mouth. I don't know why it's stuck. I don't know why I can't get it out of my mouth. Oh, damn, my nose is so stuffy. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm going nuts. Trying to breathe, trying to read, trying to not cough. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Mm. all right 15 <clears throat> but now bring me a musician and it came about while the musician played that the hand which is the power of the most high came on elisha mm -hmm. and he said thus saith the most high make this valley of Arabath full of trenches <clears throat> for thus saith the most high you will not see wind or rain yet the valley will be filled with water so you and your cattle and other animals may drink this is but a simple thing in the sight of the most high <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. So Alicia's saying, this ain't nothing to the most high. Uh, cutting his eyes at uh, Jehoram for the nonsense he been doing. So 18. I'm going to say again. This is but a simple thing to the sight of the most high. He will also hand over the Moabites to you and you shall strike every fortified city and every choice principal city and cut down every good tree and stop up all sources of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. This is what Alicia's saying. It happened in the morning when the sacrifice was offered that suddenly water came miraculously from the area of Edom and the country was filled with water. Now all the Moabites heard 
that the three kings had come up to fight against them and all who were able to put on their armor as well as those who were older was summoned and stood together in battle formation at the border. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I'm going to say this. Moab and the, sorry, not Moab. Edom and the two kings of Yasharal went to fight Moab. They all, <clears throat> they all related. <clears throat> the difference is many of them went the way of evil. So the most high cut them off. That's why, that's why you must change your ways. Okay. Repent. You have to, while we still in the time of repentance and don't go back that way. Because the wages of sin is death. I'm going to keep going. When they got up early the next morning, the sun shone on the water. And the Moabites saw the water across from them as red as blood. <clears throat> and they said, this is blood. And they started yelling it because it's an explanation point. Clearly, the kings have fought together. And this is their assumption. This is the most high do to you rattle up your brain <clears throat> they said this is blood clearly the kings have fought together and have killed one another now then moab to the spoil and the plunder of the dead soldiers but when they came to the camp of yasharel yasharel rolled up rose up and struck the moabites so they fled before them and they went forward into the land, killing the Moabites as they went. They destroyed the walls of the cities and each man threw a stone on every piece of good land covering it with stones. And they stepped up all, stopped up all the springs of water and cut down all the good trees until they left nothing. And Kir Haraseth, Moab's capital city. But it's stones. So they put stones everywhere. They couldn't do nothing about it. Then the stone slingers surrounded the city and destroyed it. When the king of Moab saw the battle was too fierce for him, he took with him 700 swordsmen to break through the king of Edom, but they couldn't. Then the king of Moab took his eldest son. Listen. The king of Moab First, I want to say this. <laughs> Before I read it, I'm going to say this. I just said, the king of Israel, who is um, Joram, Jehoram, okay? That's not his real name because you know the, no J's. But Jehoram is the king of Israel after Ahab, okay? Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. Israel is the ten and a half tribes. Judah is the one and a half tribes. We're supposed to be one big mass, but they divided. <clears throat> and Edom, which is the twin brother of Israel. All three of those kings went to fight against Moab, Abraham's son, uh, Abraham's nephew Lot's people. The difference between um, the two kingdoms of Israel, Judah and Israel, and um, Edom, they all cousins and sisters and brothers, you know, brethren. Is Esau, who is Edom, 
went his own way and started be sinning. So you know what Edom is going to get. So at this time, Edom teamed up with the two tribes of Israel, Judah and Israel, and they're going to fight Moab. Why is the Most High going to give them Moab? Because Moab sinned from the beginning. Edom did too. But when Edom does right, when the kings of Edom do right and the people of Edom do right, then the Most High is gracious and merciful. That's why you have to turn from your wicked ways, every individual, because we don't know. I already told you, the wheat and the chaff grow together. Who's the wheat and the chaff? The children of Israel, automatically the wheat. I don't care what they did. They the wheat, okay? They the original branches. Gentiles is the chaff. And how they will become the second flock, you, you will become a part of the wheat, but you're not the wheat. You are a part of the wheat. You're not the wheat. Gentiles are wild cards. Gentile, a Gentile can become a heathen at any time. Your thoughts and your actions is what does it. Okay? Your thoughts and your actions and how you work your faith. I, that's what I'm saying to you. So, Moab was sinning. They turned from the Most High and did what they wanted to do. So, they right now are heathens and they the chaff. Edom at this moment is teaming up with the wheat, even though he could have been wheat, but his forefather tur um, turned around and became chaff. But the most high is gracious and merciful. So if you do what you're supposed to do and turn from your wicked ways, the most high is going to help you. Everybody, everybody, because the most high don't have no favorites. Although the children of Israel is his lot. He chose the children of Israel before the foundation of the world. So it is what it is. Even though the most high don't have no favorites, the children are his lot. They was made for him, period. Whether they want to be or not. This is why they're getting spanked. This is why the Most High is weeding out the rebels. This is why um, the Most High is allowing other nations to humiliate them in every way possible. But don't you think for a second that the Most High ain't going to get those heathen nations that did all the stuff to him. There's nations right now that never suffered nothing. There's nations right now that's so puffed up, they think nobody can um, destroy them. But guess what? The Most High gets the last laugh all the time. And that's what's happening here. So uh, the king of Israel, who is Jehoram, the king of um, Yahudah, who is Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom is ganging and fighting on uh, Moab. Because Moab's heathens. And I'm getting ready to tell you exactly what Moab's getting ready to do. Now, the king of Moab took his eldest son, who was to reign in his place after he died, and offered him publicly as a burnt offering to Shemash on the city wall, horrifying everyone. I'm going to tell you what it means in a minute. And there was a great wrath against Israel and Israel's allies Yahuda and Edom withdrew from the king of Jor uh, Joram and returned to their own land so what did the king of Moab did he killed his son and sacrificed him to a devil in front of everybody uh-huh and anybody who follows them they just as wicked I'm telling you all these people are distant cousins and relatives but what distinguishes them 
sin. That's what distinguishes them. If you believe for one minute, these people who go to church on Sunday, which is not the Sabbath, and they could um and they they pastors, preachers, priests, whoever they call themselves, tell them you could sit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and come in here on Sunday and say a couple of Hail Marys and go on about your business. Good luck to you. Cause the most high got something for every last one of y'all. And just like it says in the book of um um Ezra, you think you on top of everything, but you gotta die. That's what the most high said. And I don't know nobody who ever lived ever that could stop death that the most high didn't um, allow because the most high allowed um, Elijah to bring somebody back. And we already know that the most high um, is Yeshua in the flesh. So he brought people back. And so did um, Peter. So if the most high's hand wasn't in it, who's bringing somebody back from the dead? And I'm just going to say this too. There's some people right now, heathens, that's working on trying to resurrect the body from the dead. If you go on the news right now, they're reporting it. Who are the heathens? Oh, we know who the heathens are. Those are the ones that do whatever they want to, but their time is running out. We living in the hourglass and the sands are flying out of the top of that um that sand uh, glass into the bottom. Trust me. Everybody going to get what's coming to them. The most high is not forgetting nothing. Nothing. And the peace of resistance will be when he get all those heathens that destroyed his children in every way. Oh, yes. He will be getting that. So that's it for this lesson. I hope that you enjoy your Sabbath. I hope that you love on your family members. Do some meditation. Uh, read the scriptures. Listen to this two or three times. Let it get down into your spirit. Turn from your wicked ways and get peace from the most high. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting my platform and encouraging me to keep encouraging you. And I see that when I see the countries and the people who listen to me. I I am very um, grateful. And I hope um, in the end that we all can see each other in the next life. Enjoy your day. And until next time. Hi. Trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliffnote, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A, at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast.
It's good to hear the word of truth from the Most High. But you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks. Hey, don't make me your guilty pleasure. Hit that follow button and make that commitment. You will not be disappointed. And it's free. It doesn't cost nothing to hit that follow. Thanks.